0: Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke. And we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon.
1: Last year, we watched our whole industry change. That's why at this year's c Excellence Awards, we want to showcase your hard-won achievements in creating impressive virtual and hybrid experiences. Don't miss your chance to be a finalist in our new categories, like the Virtual Virtuoso and Hybrid Hotshot.
0: And you know what the best part is, Cody? All finalists receive two free registrations to CVent Connect, not to mention exclusive experiences like an invite to our incredible award ceremony. Submissions are gonna be open through May. So check out all the category info and submit today at www.cvent.com slash excellence dash awards.
1: All right. Delana, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Uh, Before we get started with any of our interview, can you give us a brief background on how you became the Director of Product Marketing at Brightcove?
2: Yeah, well, first, Cody, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today about virtual events. Uh, A little bit about me, um, I started my career very early at Microsoft. I spent 15 years there, and I worked on a variety of technologies over the course of that time. Um, some of them you're maybe familiar with and some of them not so familiar with. So I'll give you an example. Like I worked on exchange, SQL server, I worked on Azure, I worked on Skype uh, Skype business, Microsoft teams. Um, and then last, the last role that I had, I worked on quantum computing. So I'm pretty sure that you've never heard about that.
0: <laughs> it sounds super complex. Though. <laughs> <of> yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I decided to move back home. Um, I'm a native of Boston and I decided, um, and I had this, I got this really great opportunity at Brightcove to continue to work in video space. I, you know, I worked in video when I worked on Microsoft teams, I worked on a product called Skype meeting broadcast. So it was really great to be able to con- you sort of, you know, take some learnings from Microsoft and then join another great brand and continue to work on video. So that's how I got to Brightcove.
0: That is awesome. Lots and lots of experience there. Um and now we're in this sort of like new year everything's changed we're kind of learning as we go and we're talking about virtual all of the time and i have to ask you know when you're shifting from those traditional in-person events to virtual would you say that like mostly everything that you've done in the past will work for a virtual audience well there are some elements that haven't changed and then there are of
2: course elements that have radically changed and people tend to focus on the things that have radically changed so i tell you what hasn't changed content is king and that's always going to be whether you're in person or whether you're virtual you have to really be cognizant of the content who you're serving and the other thing that's really important and i think even more important now is being able to make connections with people to be able to lean in and have those connections um the things that aren't really working all that great and working well is time and the compression of time isn't going to work so long meetings Um, our, our, our Um, no-nos, no experiential experience. So like, you know, um, thinking about who your avatar is and really building something that brings surprises and delights them. That's um, not, well, not doing that is not working or no engagement. And then the other thing that I think is more important now than ever is, or what's not working is not having engaging speakers. And so you could have a speaker that is just mediocre in an in person event but there's nothing you could really do about it but now in a virtual world you know it's very easy to click off and so making sure that your speakers are ready and engaged is going to be super important
0: now more than ever yeah And I love what you said, content is king. Um, We were actually doing an interview, Cody and I, with one of our favorite virtual event MCs. And he said, like, people are like goldfish, right? Like we have very short attention spans, especially in the virtual environment. So what are some of those ways that you create content that's gonna grab that virtual attendees attention, but then also keep it?
2: Yeah, well, the first thing that I would say is uh, on that speaker, like making sure that you have speakers who are prepped and primed and ready to go so they know what to expect. Um, And you've also qualified whether they can really command. Do they have personality? Can they engage the audience? So that's going to be important. The other thing that I would say is um, break up the content. So just just because uh, you and I uh, or I might be speaking on a topic doesn't mean that I have to talk for the entire time. So provide the user a mental break and help build more into Anticipation for what's to come. So you might do that with a, a short commercial, um, something that's, you know, high intensity or very engaging or very informative so that you can give the speaker a break, you can give the audience a little mental break, and then you can build some anticipation. Uh, I would say another thing that I really like is just to try to think about engagement beyond Q&A. So just beyond a moderated Q&A, thinking about quizzing, your panelists, or doing polling, and you can dynamically change the content or change your strategy based on how respondents uh, respond. So try quizzes and polls in an audience. The other thing is networking and making sure that you uh, have space or have the opportunity to get uh, folks together uh, in a more smaller one-to-one or or many-to-many settings. Um, And, you know, there's Lots of technology out there that you can have, so that they can have more serendipitous connections. And I think a lot of people are home; they're trapped, and they really want to connect. They really want to lean in. Um, all the research that we says is that that's the one thing people are really starving for. And the last thing I think about is that you know folks are home; they are isolated, and so they do have distractions. So giving the ability for you to actually pause the content or rewind and then catch up in the live stream, I think are really cool things that, you know, some of the Bright Cove technology allows you to do, which I think is definitely one way to at least help people stay engaged on their terms.
1: Yeah, I really love what you said about breaking things up. Like it is so important in the virtual world to not have, you know, hours and hours of content back back to back. Like that is the first thing you're going to do really to get people to have virtual fatigue virtual fatigue is something that we hear about all the time. It's super real. And, but do you have any other maybe tips on how to keep your attendees engaged and really combat that virtual fatigue?
2: Yeah, it's real. Um, I, I know I experience it and I'm, I'm pretty sure you've experienced it, but the, the thing that you have in your favor is that, you know, we have to do it. And so sometimes you're just going to have to show up if you really want to know what's going on. So I would really put your audience perspective first. Why are they coming to your event? And so really think through and build that strategy of what are they thinking? What are they feeling? What do you want them to do? It's just a really great framework um, that I love to use in order to sort of build the experience up front. Um, Another thing that um, others have been talking about and I've been seeing a lot in our research is try audio only. So instead of doing video, why not give your audience the capability to wash the dishes and listen to your content? It's really important that they be able to do that. Um, Maybe another tactic that I would suggest is compress the time. So let's say you normally do something in a 75 minute breakout session. How could you do it in half the time? And then think about it. How could, if you could, if you only had less time, half it again? And so think about time is so precious right now. So stop trying to do what you've always been doing and just really compress the time, give them options and how they use it, and then really build an experience that speaks to them.
1: That is some, that's solid advice. And I really like what you said about um, maybe making it audio only. I've not heard that before, but that makes a whole lot of sense. I love multitasking and kind of doing, you know, chores around the house while listening to things, and I think that's a really, really cool thing, cool point. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you, since you're one of the experts, and this is something I have an opinion on, um, so I want to hear what you have to say. I hear people using either live content or on-demand content or even like the blend with like simulive content for virtual events and they all have their pros and cons, but which one um, would you recommend? Is there one that really just kind of you would choose depending on the audience?
2: Well, this is the, I'm going to give you the age old answer. It really depends. And think about it, it kind of depends on the content that you have and your intent with the content. So you can also think about, do you have time to script and prepare your content? And if so, um, do you have the right tools at your disposal to kind of um, to communicate with your audience? So and let me give you an example. In a crisis communication and the governor is about to tell uh, the his state or her state what, um, what are the implications of COVID-19, you know, you want to do that live. It's scripted, but he doesn't have time to rehearse it, you know, or you can think about a, an event that you have six months away or maybe even less. Maybe, you know, you have... You know, three months away, but you have time to actually build a story and craft a story and craft a a theatrical appearance. Those things you might want to record on demand, and then later have a, Q, a live Q and A. So after people hear this high impact, you know, very highly nicely produced message, then you could sort of break it up and then do a live stream. So the good news is you can do both, and it really just kind of depends on how much time you have and how much theater and production you want to put
0: into it. You know what? I kind of like the, it depends answer because it does, right? I mean, and also for some events, I'm sure depending on who the audience is or what the content is. I mean, it could really make a difference. I know when we were planning our event, it kind of depended on who the speaker was too. Having some international speakers, we maybe couldn't have them live. And so we would do that more on demand. So that's a great point. I appreciate that answer.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, making sure that, at least for the folks who are not in your time zone, can watch it on demand matters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, Cody and I traditionally obviously loved going to in-person events. We did some live podcasts at some, it was always just such a fun experience. You know, now we're in virtual and we've attended a few um, and had a really great time, but I bet you have some really great tips for our audience to make those virtual events as exciting or maybe even more exciting than in person events? What would those tips be? The first tip that I would
2: give is to throw out what you've always done in the past. Like this situation has given us license to be creative. So really think outside of the box in terms of how you engage your customers. Um, I think personalization is one way that you can do that. So maybe when they register, you can ask them what their favorite color is. And then when they actually come in, you can actually configure the experience to align with some of the things that they told you. So you can say, if you ask them what their favorite color is, then you can change that to their favorite color. So for me, if I showed up to a pink event, I might actually lean in a little bit more. Yeah,
0: that's um, such a cool, like, I like a
1: that. Personalized
0: cool. experience. Cody, what would your favorite color be? What color?
1: The <laughs> oh, you know, my favorite color is orange. Yeah. I'm an orange person. Orange. I know I'm like in the minority, but <laughs> I would even like to see a pink event. Like just having a color customization is just such a cool option.
2: Such a good idea. Now, of course, I'm being cheeky on the color, but you can think about this like you know you could get down to psychographic and start segmenting the user based on the um, psychographic demographic information that you have about them. So, you know, let's say you're having a conference with entrepreneur moms, you can start segmenting the conference for um, moms who sell one product versus moms who sell another product. And so they can actually get different video and different experiences, but they can all be a part of this really great holistic event. So really think through, like, again, just being creative about how you can serve serve up many audiences. And if you know your audiences has differences, you can create, you know, special experiences that are highly related to them. Uh, the other thing that I really like um, is to send out what I call lumpy mail. So lumpy mail is like, you know, you get a bag <laughs> in the mail and it has something lumpy inside. Yes. You, you should send your your attendees lumpy mail. Like it could be a t-shirt. Um, I've sent wine to um, to folks. And so it's just a really great way for them to feel a part of something and still feel connected without necessarily physically having to be there. Um, And the last tip that I would give is, you know, really thinking about going big versus going small. And I think having smaller events isn't necessarily, could actually achieve more, you know, because you can get more intimate, you can learn more people. So really thinking through, like, is going big, like a big concert really important, or having more of a small intimate event, a virtual event, could be really cool. So in that example, where I got some lumpy mail, I got some wine in the mail, and we had um, a conversation with some c- senior leaders about some of the problems that they were having in business. And then and then we got to meet the owner of the winery and he talked about his wine and, and why it is what it is and the brand, and it was a really great ex- um, experience to not only drink the wine, but also learn about the wine and then talk business too.
1: And yeah, that's such a clever way of getting some, like the whole sensory experience. Like you can see it and you're, you actually feel like you're kind of there when you have the the wine in your hand. So cool. I love the idea of lumpy mail too. I hope yeah. that somebody sends me some.
2: <laughs> Cody, there's one more thing. And that is yeah. just giving your users a sort of the behind the scenes look. A lot of our, um, uh, performing arts customers, of course, can't have live performing arts anymore because of, um restrictions and, and and capacity restrictions. And so what they've done is they have allowed users to now get to know the actors and actresses and maybe even the orchestras, uh, people who build the sets, people who build the costumes. So now, uh, to your point, they have this just holistic experience of the performing arts, not just the performance, but how it came together. And I think that performance or that type of presentation is going to me- mean a lot more to the viewer than just the regular performance.
1: Yeah, I can't think of anybody who doesn't want to see what it looks like behind the curtain. Like it kind of gives you that little edge to see like how it was done. I love that. Like when I'm watching TV shows or anything like that, I kind of like seeing how it's done behind the scenes. And that's the first time anybody's ever mentioned that in the podcast. I think that's a really, really cool way to, um, you know, get some more engagement and some, you know, interest in in, in what's going on. Um, this has been really such a cool podcast. I have to ask you though, our favorite question that we ask everybody, and it is if you had to take or leave uh, just one takeaway, or maybe a piece of advice for our listeners, what would that be?
2: Well, that would be to sort of build your customer avatar. You know, really understanding who your customers are, their demographics, and what moves them, what motivates them, and then what experience do you want them to walk away based on that? So that's going to mean very different things for every for every event. So making sure that you build that customer avatar, you know that customer that you want to attract, and then build an experience that resonates with them.
1: I think that's great. Well, you know, it's been so awesome to have you on the podcast. We hope to have you on again. Um, thank you again for your time, and um, yeah, we look forward to chatting with you again.
0: Thank you. Before you guys know it, we'll have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye.
2: Bye.